Okay, wait. Did you guys know that in Nova Scotia, there's a lobster that predicts the weather? <laughs> Aw, that's so much better. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Midlight Crisis, a real podcast hosted by three grown-up biologists revisiting books from our teens, and it's totally cool. I am one of your hosts, named Sophie, but I have a randomly generated fantasy name for today's episode. (sighs) Mine kind of has a theme. Okay. (laughs) You'll you'll see. Okay. Um, Okay. So, my name for today is North John Worm Winters. Oh, yeah? Yeah. North Just John very, you know, cold weather appropriate. Yeah, before we started recording, we were collectively bitching about the fact that there has been a major storm every single weekend of 2022 <laughs> so far. It's been sunny for, like, the four weekdays. Yeah. Yep. And then it's going to be absolutely awful for the three days of the weekend. Yeah, Yeah, it's predictable at this point, and I hate it. (laughs) It's so awful. Anyway. Anyway. The weather, am I right? Okay, what are you... (laughs) Who are you guys? (laughs) Well, my name's Sam, but today, you can call me. It's very resemblance of how I feel about all this crappy weather. Uh, (laughs) Tynus Hellshadow. Oh. (laughs) Wow. Dang. Dang. I'm a villain. (laughs) A villain, yeah. Is it like I'm the sorry. one bringing all the storms? Oh, oh no, <laughs> you Sam! You just I want know. more time to read, don't you? <laughs> Maybe. So rude. I mean, considering I finished an entire book today, oh my God. I don't need, <laughs> you more, don't need time. more time. Yet. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Wow. Yeah. Appreciate that, Sam. <laughs> Oopsie. Well, my name is Hannah, but for the purposes of this podcast, you can call me by my randomly generated fantasy name, which is totally unrelated to the other two, and is in fact Garana Ship Name. Oh, Ship yep. Name. Ship Name. <laughs> ship Name. It sounds like that should be in parentheses, and it's just like yeah. Ship Name here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's where you put the the name once you've shipped me with someone. It's it's like one of those like who's on first skits where, where <laughs> people are like, and what's your last name? And you'll be like, ship name. And they'll be like, which ship? And you're like, no, no, ship my name. last name is ship name. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh. And what's your ship called? It's like, oh, <laughs> no, no. Boat. It's like, no, sorry, your ship. Yeah, it's boat. Okay. And your name? Ship name. No. It, <laughs> so boat? No. Oh, my God. If I ever get a boat, no, I'm now going to name it parentheses ship name. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great boat name. That's awesome. 10 out of 10. We've been doing this podcast for so long and like <laughs> literally never once do our names come up ever again. But nope. this is fine. It's fun though. <laughs> it is. I just remember the one time we like had to quit recording in the middle of a podcast and then we came back and literally couldn't remember our names from the nope. day before. <laughs> that is nope. why I started yep. writing them down. That's so yep. smart. The only one I remember is uh, Neil's Butler Better because we made our friend Kevin say it multiple times. Oh, yeah. That was a good name. That was that a good was name. Good. Yeah. Neil's Butler Better. So how about you guys tell us about what happened in the two chapters we read this week from Aragon? <laughs> I feel like I could put all of my last summaries into an AI and it could spit <gasps> out a summary. <laughs> Oh my god, can we do that? Of these chapters. Well, we probably to... could. There's definitely coding or Excel magic that could be done. Similar with math, though, Sam will have to be paid to do it. Well, the thing is, is I have it all written out, so I could easily just copy it and then randomize it. And I'm pretty sure that you could just, like, anyways. But to actually talk about what happened, then not a randomly generated AI version of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As the chapters named uh Derrett, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh-huh. our companions have come to Derrett for supplies. Wow. Uh, where the town first appears to be possibly abandoned, but then turns out the town was hiding to ambush Brom and Aragon. Brom does some sweet talking, and the people of Derrett seem to think the Empire will give a shit about the Urgle attacks, <laughs> and Brom and Aragon <laughs> head off with their new supplies, just totally leaving them the villagers to think like yeah the empire cares they don't 
Are you kidding me? Anyways, <laughs> while heading back uh, to Saphira, Brahm explains to Aragon all about mind reading and communicating magic. But once reunited with his dragon, Saphira attacks Aragon, saying he gets himself into too much trouble and she will no longer allow it. Aragon then agrees to ride her for the next day instead of the pitiful deer-like animal he's been riding <laughs> thus far. And Brahm and Aragon practice some sword fighting. And then I think they go to sleep, maybe, because it's the next morning. So I'm like, I don't, I don't know anymore, Hannah. <laughs> yeah, that chapter, well, we'll talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in Through a Dragon's Eyes, Aragon wakes up while Brahm is getting Saphira saddled and ready for him to ride. He is apprehensive and does not enjoy the experience until Saphira does a mind meld with him, which allows him to see what she sees and feel what she feels. And guys, it is exactly my sh**. Oh my (laughs) gosh. Big fan of that. (laughs) Then Brahm contacts Aragon and tells them to land using the brain magic because he has found the end of the Razak's track. Razak's track. Yep. Razak's tracks. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they have ridden away on something that leaves tracks like a dragon. The trail has gone cold, but what's this? Aragon finds something that the Razak left behind, which is a very rare and expensive oil that he decides must have been imported into the country legally and therefore listed on a shopping manifest or on a mm-hmm. shipping manifesto somewhere. So Aragon and Brom decide to go to the port city of Tirum to find the Razak's paper trail. Thus, newly be planned, they spar <laughs> and go to bed. Well, oh God. A lot happened in these ones. Right. Okay, but like book. the the most important thing is both of the chapters don't end with them going to sleep. <laughs> Not but explicitly. They start the next morning, though, don't they? I know. Yeah. Okay. But the ends of both of these chapters read like there is a missing sentence or two yeah. in which they go to sleep, <laughs> cut off from the ending. As though perhaps a copy editor was like, please stop putting them to bed at the end of each chapter. Well, the, the first chapter, Dare It, it ends so abruptly that I literally like thought there was an issue in my ebook and <laughs> messaged like Sam and Sophie, being like, does your chapter end in the same place? Because it, it just stopped. There, yeah. Like, yeah. It didn't even resolve the scene that was happening at the end. It just stopped. And I was like, did... <laughs> is it over (laughs) but like even the next one feels the same way like so the first chapter ends with them sword fighting and aragon's like they both had large welts when they stopped aragon more so than brahm he marveled that zarak had not been scratched or dented by the vigorous pounding it had received and that's just the end and we're not going to talk about how sexual that is (laughs) but then the other one is Aragorn and Brom had their nightly fight, but it lacked energy as both were preoccupied with the day's events. By the time they finished, Aragorn's arms burned from Zorak's unaccustomed weight. Like, that's the middle of, like, a thought. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that one felt, like, a little more final to me, but still. Yeah. They're both just like, oh, okay. (laughs) All right. I guess we're done. (laughs) Let's see if the new thing is that instead of going to bed... They have a sword fight, and then that's yeah. the end of the chapter. And then that it just also, stops. yeah, that seems <laughs> to be like the more regular occurrence. Is like it's always a sword fight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, he does say that every night they have a sword fight, and then they go to bed in one yeah. of the earlier chapters. So now I guess we're just supposed to infer that they yeah. go to bed, <laughs> but we still have to be told that they do the sword fight. Yeah, we're cutting out the part where they next they're just gonna just end before the sword fight and we're oh. gonna be like i guess they had a sword Whoa. fight and went to bed <laughs> okay i mean no need to get too radical here <laughs> yeah you're right <laughs> then it would almost be like you know not morning and night every chapter huh huh yeah <laughs> anyway we've once again started by talking about the end <laughs> yes i want to or i have like a very small note to make about the beginning of the Derrick chapter sure I mean, they show up in this town. It seems abandoned, possibly similar to Yazuak, but it's not. And they get kind of confronted in this ambush by a swarthy man who shows up. Mm-hmm. And until I was like 25, <laughs> I thought that swarthy meant like tall and muscular, like built like a football player. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't. It just means he's black. <laughs> oh, I didn't oh. know that. I didn't right? know that either. <laughs> right? Really? Yeah. 
Oh my god. Yeah, swarthy means what? dark-skinned, but I like for my entire life, I thought it was just like a really strong big dude. That's also what I thought. Oh. But I'm what, assuming like, it's just one of those things where you try and make it make sense from the context. Yeah. And there's probably. no they're probably not including helpful context. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. It's like the opposite of how I thought tall, dark, and handsome meant like a tall, dark-skinned person, but it just means a tall white guy with black hair. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, vocabulary lesson. Swarthy means dark-skinned, not strong guy. Dang. Yeah. Also, apparently it's been two weeks since they were in Yazuak, which, like, that surprised me. I missed that. Yeah. It's been a fortnight, and I assume they don't mean the video game, because I don't think that was out in 2005. I also think that's spelled N-I-T. Oh, is it? I don't yeah. pay That's how you can tell the difference in these fantasy novels, where they say Fortnite. Mm, okay. <laughs> they actually don't mean the video game, if it's okay. N-I-G-H-T, yeah. Okay. I thought, Helpful. like, I thought maybe because it wasn't capitalized, but, like, you know. Yeah. Hard I, to say. <laughs> yeah. This part, for me, was, like... So they get ambushed, but the way that ambush works is they're, like, walking through this town. They're, like, checking the alleys between the houses. They're looking at the houses. They're just like, what's going on? And then suddenly the description is they advanced only a few strides before wagons toppled out from behind the houses and blocked their way. Like, how, what, how big are these wagons? Also, where Uh were they keeping them? And also, (laughs) what? (laughs) And toppled? Why toppled? not rolled? <laughs> they have wheels. <laughs> How do you topple a wagon from behind a house? Maybe they were like <laughs> leaning up like wheelbarrows and they knocked them over. Which Through the house? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially because like Aragon and Brom were looking for signs of an ambush and didn't see it until they were ambushed. Yeah. So that's uh, the visual uh, like I get that you're just supposed to like breeze past it being like oh yeah and then there are wagons blocking the street I get it but like wait, when you're doing it the way we're doing it <laughs> it yes. doesn't make any sense exhaustively but only about specific <laughs> nitpicky details yeah uh, mm-hmm. no it's fine <laughs> also this town has 60 archers what that's so many like <laughs> that's so the, many is it just like a matter of course that they learn how to arch but it's not like they live in a forest yeah that's the verb i meant that's the verb for sure. for it. <laughs> that's what that means <laughs> arch uh yeah, you know archers <laughs> arch instead of <laughs> You like look up and they're all on the walls surrounding you, but instead of holding like, like bows bends. and arrows, they're just doing yoga. <laughs> wow, I mean, that's dangerous. Pretty intimidating. <laughs> They'll yoga you right out of the sky. <laughs> just like, oh damn, the flexibility and strength. <laughs> Namaste where you are. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Uh, yeah, sorry. So there's a lot of yogis in this town. <laughs> yes. Like, inexplicably. Yeah, it's a town of wellness. <laughs> I guess maybe it must be a big town. I guess but so. also, It but does also... say it's small and wild-looking right at the yeah. start. I guess wild-looking makes sense. Like, oh, it's full of archers. Okay, that tracks. Yeah. I'll allow it's it. Probably a military town. Or, like, mm. hunting, you know? Yeah. But, like, what are they hunting? Because they're know. on the plains next to the river. Gazelles. We, but there's been nothing <laughs> on the plains. Safira's right? been eating something because it's been true. two weeks. Yeah. That's a good point. She has to eat at least once a week. <laughs> yeah. Maybe there's like bison. Or mm. maybe there's like fantasy giraffes. Yeah. Yeah. I'll allow it. Lord of the Rings has fantasy elephants. So I think Aragorn true. can have fantasy giraffes. Fantasy giraffes. I hope the fantasy yeah. giraffes come up later. I hope Me so too. too. Also, in this section, when they're talking to this guy, the reason they're ambushed is because they're like, we've had too many encounters with Urgles and bandits. 
So we're and, being careful. But then he says, and worse fiends. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, a, a pardon? <laughs> <laughs> yep, that caught my attention as well. <laughs> what? Elaborate, please. Uh-huh. A What's worse than an Urgle? A shade. Like the Razak? encountered the Razak? <laughs> Did they encounter the Razak? But also, like, Brom doesn't react to it. Like, they're nope. hunting the Razak, and this guy's like, we've seen worse than Urgles. And Brom's like, nah, whatever. <laughs> Brom literally gives no shits about anything. Like, I feel yeah. like Brom knows what's going on in every instance and just keeping his mouth shut the entire time. Like, Brom is, mm, Brom is troublesome. Yeah. He's suspicious. Sus. He's real Sus. sus. Yeah, he also, at multiple points in these two chapters, the first being after this encounter, like, upbraids Aragon for not doing a magic that Brahm has never explained that <laughs> yeah, Aragon should right? expect to be able to do. He's like, oh, why didn't you do use your magic to find out what that man was thinking in the town? And Aragon's right? like, what the f***? Like, why would I do that? He's like, oh, what, you thought you could only talk to horses telepathically? And Aragon's like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I want to get back to the mind magic, but like Brom here and fucking Safira, I'm just over it because Brom's like, "What? Why didn't you use this magic I never told you about?" And then like two seconds later, Safira's like, "You're flying on me!" Yeah, <laughs> like she's right? like, they both act as though Aragon is has like been told this information before yeah. and has been repeatedly refusing them for a very long time, and now they're yeah. angry. And it's just yeah. like, no, you didn't. You haven't told him this is an option, and yet yep. you're being like, how dare you? Mm-hmm. And they both do it again in the next chapter. Like, Yeah. Safira does like the mind meld with Aragon, and he's like, wow, this is amazing. And she's like, yeah, we could have been doing this the whole time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then Brom tries to contact Aragon through the mind magic, which we will circle back to, and Aragon <laughs> blocks him the way that Brom taught him to do, and then Brom is mad that he got blocked. Yeah. And he's like... <laughs> Rob, <laughs> yeah, you're moving the goalposts way too much here, buddy. <laughs> like, Jesus. Well, even the Safira right before that is just like, like you said, she like try mind melds and then is like, yeah, we could have been doing this the whole time. It's like, thanks for telling me. But also, yeah. like even before that, the minute they take off, like if they're brain connected, she probably re- like Aragon has clearly misgivings about flying. <laughs> and they like barely get into the sky and then she's immediately doing like fucking flips. And he's yep. like, oh my God, I'm scared. And she's like, well, get used to it. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, give him like two seconds. Shigeru oh, <laughs> was down. nice in this. Like, no. no. She's not chill. No. <laughs> no, she's being very pushy. Neither she nor Brom are like, at all nice to Aragon. <laughs> no. like, Aragon's gonna end up so f***ed up because of these two. <laughs> Just no self-esteem left because anytime he does something, he's gonna expect to be yelled at for doing it wrong even though he yeah. didn't know he was supposed to be doing it a different way. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, the psychological impacts of everything going oh, on God. up until this point, like, I'm curious to see how Aragon ends up. Yeah, look at this poor kid. Oh I don't God. think Pellini will, like, actually develop his character to the point of, like, what this would actually do to a person, but eh, you never know. <laughs> I guess we'll find out if we continue with the series. <laughs> well, I guess Hannah knows. I don't I know. I don't remember. Okay. I feel like generally a lot of writing where you have, like, a mind connection with another sentient creature... usually is like treats it as though that's like your therapy like oh well yeah but you end up fine because this person you care about is in your head 24 7 yeah (laughs) yeah yeah that's not terrible that's not great (laughs) it sounds terrible for the other person Uh (laughs) if you think about it it's a little bit edward (laughs) yep i was gonna say that now let's circle back to mind magic i can't believe we're gonna have to talk about reading thoughts again (laughs) but it's different this time kind of is it (laughs) i was gonna say i think it's just it's different because edward well he could tune it out but he couldn't turn it off so like he always kind of just had like the sound of just a crowded place in his head whereas it sounds like aragon has to like actually work at trying to yeah read somebody's mind it seems yeah it seems like more of a choice yeah like the connection with him and Safira seems to be like pretty snappy but like I feel like 
he he doesn't go into that town and automatically hear what all 60 of those people are thinking or 60 <laughs> of the archers <laughs> but he the has 60 to, like, yoga masters because they're all yes. meditating he can't they're all too busy thoughts. arching yeah <laughs> yeah i thought at first i was like oh yeah this is like some cool you know magic like whatever and then brahm immediately says like oh it's not magic anybody can learn this skill yeah like, uh, <laughs> yeah just casually, wow. Rob just casually drops a lot of information that Aragon is just kind of like, cool. Anyway, here's questions about something else. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wait, hold on. <laughs> but this still doesn't make sense, though, within Wise Brom saying that anyone can learn how to do mind magic. I don't understand. Because it's not magic if anyone can learn how to do it. It's well, just something else. Then yeah. how, how do we explain the science of brain reading is it like there isn't any electricity? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've come across this concept in like a couple fantasy universes where like quote unquote mind magic is like different than magic magic. Like there's, you know, fire and lightning and that kind mm-hmm. of magic. And then there's like, oh, empathy or like talking to animals where it's mm-hmm. like people use like different types of quote-unquote magic yeah mm-hmm. or like in the tomorrow pierce series there's like you have the everyday things magic which isn't real magic but you can work through like a craft ability yeah. i don't know i'm assuming that's kind of what he's trying to imply here mm-hmm. maybe because it like has to be magic though right <laughs> yeah i did just go check the source text because in my notes i wrote down my interpretation rather than just the uh, bare facts because i'm terrible as a scientist sure. but he says as i said before with the right instruction anyone can talk with their minds but with differing amounts of success whether it's magic though is hard to tell and then he goes on to say that magic abilities or pairing with a dragon can trigger the talent but you can oh. also just learn it without other magic. Yeah. And it's like the last chapter, he spent so much time establishing that like all magic kind of has to do with the ancient language. Yeah. That yeah. now it's like, well now, but this doesn't. So it can't be yeah. magic. Well, he also, this is slightly more relevant to our previous topic, but he also in the earlier chapters made a point of telling Aragon basically not to do magic without running it by him first because it can be super dangerous yeah and then he's like hey so did you use magic to read that guy's mind and it's like i feel like if no one told me if that was dangerous or not it seems like a big enough thing that i would assume it was dangerous and probably wouldn't do it yeah braun is the worst he's he's not a very good mentor i don't like him (laughs) (laughs) he's a dick I mean, I can't decide if I like Aragon either. So honestly, <laughs> I mean, I don't yeah. like Aragon either. I don't really like Safira either. <laughs> they all deserve each other, quite honestly. They do. <laughs> it's all quite problematic. Yeah, they're all kind of <laughs> terrible in different yeah. ways. There's also a part here that we're definitely canceling Brom for. Okay. And it's the part where he says that he's never found birds to be very interesting. <laughs> I talk to you mentally. I knew you were going to bring that up. (laughs) And that you should start with a cat instead, which like love cats. But I just want to go for a minute and talk about all the things bird brains can do. (laughs) Okay. Before you do that, can I just point out that in our last episode, you praised Mercedes Lackey for including birds that literally only say, Hey, over and over again. (gasps) Yeah. Uh huh. (laughs) That's not that's a very not interesting in their thing brain, to say. though. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're just like, that's what they're thinking about. We don't know that. Uh, uh-huh. She also has human-level sentient birds in a whole other series, so she gets a pass. Does okay. Paolini do that? <laughs> I don't <even> know. <laughs> no, it's fine. I just thought you'd be excited that I wanted to talk about Corvids. Okay, give me your bird brain ideas. No, it's okay. I just, I just want to say that ravens can... Mm pass the mirror test which means they understand that they are an individual creature that is different from other individuals which most animals don't (laughs) yeah pretty much just human chimpanzees dolphin corvid and also weirdly manta rays (laughs) (laughs) i don't know why really yeah i don't know why manta rays can pass the mirror test but they can i didn't know that. that and how did they find out i forget how they did it but it was like 
they they like put a mirror in a tank. Okay. Because like the, the like classic Pandora? yeah, the classic test is like you put a mirror and then you put like a bit of paint on like the animal's face. Mm-hmm. And if it understands that the reflected image is itself, it will try and like clean the paint off because oh. it sees it in the mirror. But if it Whoa. thinks it's just another animal, it will try and attack it or like act as though it's a stranger kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I they did something like that for manta rays and they passed it <laughs> like significantly. Wow. That's wild. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> Love manta rays. Wouldn't wow. have said they were smart enough to pass the mirror <laughs> test. <laughs> no. Also, pigeons take the subway. Yes. Isn't that fun? <laughs> Wait, like actually, (laughs) like they'll get on at a stop to go to a specific stop and they know where to get off. No, usually they get on a, like they know how to get on a subway. They'll like wait at a subway station to get (laughs) on a train because it's full of food. And, um, Mm. I mean, they are feral domesticated animals. So they also just like being where people are. (laughs) True. Fair. Uh Okay. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) it's fun. (laughs) yeah there's some geese downtown where i live that use a crosswalk (laughs) oh i love (laughs) that that. i think a couple years ago one of them got run over in the crosswalk and people were pissed (laughs) yeah that's what the crosswalk is for the crosswalk is for if someone's crossing in the crosswalk you have to stop you have to stop doesn't matter what kind of person it is (laughs) yeah anyway you know there's a lot of bird things they i love carpets listen Listen to a bird brain if you can. (laughs) Also Uh a cat. Do both. (laughs) Yeah. He also, because he does say like literally right before that, you could spend the entire day listening to a bird's thoughts or understanding how an earthworm feels during a rainstorm, which like I would immediately leave human civilization and be like, this is my life now. I'm going to go learn how an earthworm feels during a rainstorm. (laughs) I bet it's dope. (laughs) I feel like you're already pretty tuned into that as my uh, token friend who moves all of the worms off the sidewalk when it's raining. <laughs> what if people are going to step on them? <laughs> you could find out why they do that and convince them not to. <laughs> I could be like, guys, you're going the long way. Turn around, go back the other way. Like, no, <laughs> <out> here. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. It's hard because you always have to make sure that people aren't watching you because otherwise they start. <laughs> I've, I have to pause and pretend to get phone calls a lot. Hmm. oh really if i'm by myself oh man i had a over the summer i was going for a walk with a pair of like in-ear earbuds in Mm -hmm. and i was listening to an audiobook so i wasn't paying attention to people around me but i also saw i believe it was several ants dismembering a grasshopper on the sidewalk so i like stopped and crouched down to watch it and didn't notice this like very kind couple walking up to me and like asking me if i was okay because i was like bent over (laughs) On the oh ground. my god! <laughs> and I didn't respond because I didn't hear them, and I was like really engrossed in both my book and these bugs, and they like came like up close to me, and I got very startled, and they got very startled. Uh. <laughs> like, oh my god, we just wanted to make sure we we're okay, and I was like, no, they're ants. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just watching these ants. I'm just looking at these ants and this grasshopper. <laughs> so um, I mean, yeah, it's Hell sort yeah. of like picking up worms. <laughs> Sure. Listen, somebody's got to help them, and it can be me. <laughs> if not you, then then who? No one. Nature. <laughs> birds. The birds you will pick them, them up. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, they'll love that. <laughs> I mean, they won't put them back down, but they'll move them off the sidewalk. So yeah, that's good. It's fine. One last thing to say about the uh, mind brain magic. Yeah, like Brom specifically is like. Oh yeah, pretty much anyone can do it. But yeah. Aragon has never even heard of this ability before. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I feel like again, it's the same thing with like, oh, no one knows the writers can do magic. It's like, well <laughs> like, how did you keep that secret? Well Yeah. How did, how did you not keep it secret that anybody can learn how to mind read? Yeah, like Aragon is so blase about magic. Like, he's yeah. just like, oh, yeah, this stone I found is magic. Oh, whatever, magic, I can do it. But also, <laughs> like, apparently nobody can do magic, except everybody can, but nobody in Carvajal. Or that Aragorn would have ever met. 
No, it's very confusing. It sounds yeah, anyway. like they're just stupid rules that Brom has decided. <laughs> yeah. Brom, in this case, being a stand-in for a 15-year-old with yep. a computer keyboard. Should we also talk about how Aragon, very sensibly, I would say, upon hearing that anybody can learn how to like touch someone else's mind, is like, well, I don't want people in my mind. Like, How do I block them? Yeah. So Bram tells him how to block them, which apparently is very difficult, which I'm sure means that Aragon is going to be fantastic at it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like you imagine an impenetrable barrier and then your mind becomes impenetrable, mm-hmm. which at least is like a nice, simple idea. But I do like the fact that in the next chapter, Bram tries to like get in contact with Aragon while he's flying on Saphira by touching his mind and Aragon feels him doing it and immediately like blocks him out. Yeah. And does such a good job that Brahm is pissed later. It's <laughs> like, yeah. don't ever block me out again. And I was like, you know what this is? This is exactly like the time at our uh, former workplace. We all had to do video training on how to detect phishing and scam emails. <laughs> and then like two days later, we got like a company wide email from the owner of the company that was like, oh, everybody go to this link and like do this thing. And nobody did it because we were all like, ha <laughs> this, this is spam training. And then a couple days after that, we got another email being like, no, guys, a bunch of you have reported this as phishing. It's not. You actually do have to do that. It's like, well, <laughs> you told us not to like click on links and suspicious emails. Like this guy yeah. never emails us. I don't know what you expected to happen. It's the exact same thing. It's like, we did exactly what you told us to. You can't get yeah. mad at us. Yeah. Come on. I just blocked you out. <laughs> Like you said, literally 12 hours ago. It's like, you literally told me to do this. <laughs> yeah, I I love the idea that, like, not necessarily that it makes your mind impenetrable, but that, like, they can only read what is currently on your mind. And mm-hmm. so, like, all you have to do is just think about something super boring for as long <laughs> as you possibly can. And it's like, oh, my God. Stop thinking about this stupid brick wall. (laughs) I feel like I just sing the baby shark song. Yeah. Like on loop in my head. It's always there anyway. (laughs) Right. Like something easy. (laughs) Yeah. At the end of this chapter, I just, we mentioned that there is a sudden ending to this chapter with the definitely not sexual sentence about Zarok getting pounded. (laughs) Vigorously. Vigorously. Sorry. But a I just laugh with a sword. Yeah, because the sentence is like he marveled that Zorak had not been scratched or dented by the vigorous pounding it had received. Like during a sword fight, he's like shocked that this sword did not get damaged <laughs> doing sword stuff. Like uh-huh. I don't. What are you expecting, Aragon? <laughs> well, they even explicitly did special magic on the swords yeah. to keep them from touching each other. Brom taught Aragon how to do like a sort of barrier magic so that like they wouldn't actually be able to cut anything with the swords if they hit yeah so it's like you're surprised that you used swords with magic protection and the sword was okay yeah (laughs) did you think this sword was made out of like jello like what (laughs) maybe most swords in carvajal are like kind of shitty so if you use them they get all dented up and this is meant to point out that like wow aragorn Aragorn. Aragorn. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Ar- <laughs> mm, different franchise. Aragorn's sword is like, wow, so special. So good. So high quality. It has yeah, a the- name, so that's how you know it's good. That's how you know. The swords in Carvajal are made out of wood. <laughs> <laughs> that's the swords that Aragorn and Brom were using until uh, this chapter, where yeah. one of them breaks, so Brom chucks them both in the fire and is like, all right, we're done with sticks. We're going to use real swords now. Yeah. I bet in like two chapters, because the spell, this is the only magic where he specifically says the name of it. Mm-hmm. I bet you in like two chapters, Aragon's going to use it at a fight. Mm. Oh, yeah. That's my bet. Because he did Berzinger because it was named and then he used it. Yeah. And so I think this yeah. one was named. He's going to use it. <laughs> yeah. It seems like a difficult one to use in a fight, though, because it explicitly makes your weapon less dangerous. Sure, but I bet the first part is like barrier, because it's like mm. Guloth. Oh, sorry, yeah. I ruined it. Sam <laughs> could have said it. Guloth, Guloth, Dunifer. Uh huh. You sound like you did a great job. Yeah. I ten out of ten by me. 
Uh-huh. Thanks. Nailed it. Um, I bet the first part just means block. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, probably. Anyway, we'll see if I'm right. I'll forget. So that's what happened in Derek. Let's get to the second chapter, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about a bunch of the second chapter already. We have, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, the most exciting part about the second chapter is Aragon flying with Sephira. Hell yeah. Big fan of it. Sephira does a barrel roll. Aragon is like, holy sh**. And then Sephira's like, nah, man, don't worry. Come do this. And then they do their mind meld. And Aragon like kind of talks about what it feels like to be one with Sephira as they fly. And I don't know about you, but the thing that got my attention the most from this was Aragon talked about like how Sephira's vision is different than his. Yeah. Yeah. I had a note about this too. He says that Sephira's vision has a blue tint and minimizes green and red. Which at first I was like, well, that's green weird. and red is like a weird combination <laughs> of things. And then I looked a little bit into eye biology and it turns out it's actually very reasonable. <laughs> oh, see, because I thought it was weird that because dragons aren't all blue. Yeah. yeah. So like it was weird to me because like literally isn't the next book about a green dragon or red red one? It, but isn't yeah. the last one a green dragon? Like there's a red and green dragon, right? Yeah, and there's also a gold one in there. That made me wonder if it's if Sephira has blue vision because she's blue or if she has blue vision because dragons have blue vision. Which like right? yeah. yeah, because then it brings up like why. Yeah. Well, that's it. What's the advantage of having like I guess this is essentially red green color blindness? Is that what they're is is that what he's saying? Well, so I did a tiny bit of research into like how vertebrate eyes work. Yeah. Okay. And there are three main types of cones, um, which are like what you use for color vision. And the three different types of cones correspond with like different peak wavelengths of light. So like blue and purple wavelengths of light are shorter wavelengths, reds are like longer wavelengths. It's just light physics. But the three different cones peak at blue, green, and red. Okay. So if Sephira has a lot of blue vision and not very much green and red vision, it just means that she is more shifted towards like the short wavelength light, which might also imply that she might be able to see like a little bit into the UV range, which apparently is pretty common in reptiles. Yeah, that's what I took that as too. The exotic yeah. tints part, I assumed that meant she could see into UV. Yeah, which I think is pretty interesting. Yeah. I- I just like I quite liked the fact that he specifically called out like, "Oh, she can't see green and red very well," and I was like, "Well, that's dumb." And then I looked <laughs> it up and I was like, "Oh no, I'm dumb." <laughs> like that actually makes so much sense. <laughs> so kudos to Christopher Pellini there. <laughs> he yeah. got me. I wonder if that implies that like maybe the different colors of dragons are or were subspecies at one point. Mm. And yeah. so like because I also looked into this a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I looked into like, why are things blue? <laughs> okay. And obviously, like a lot of coloration. The biggest thing for coloration is either crypsis, which means like hiding, mm-hmm. disguising yourself, or like for reproduction, like mating displays. Blue mm-hmm. is like commonly thought to be like a mating display thing. Oh. But it could be like a bunch of things. But if that's the reason, like, that would kind of make sense why, like, she can see more blue, you know? Like, maybe it's more that she's looking for other blue dragons, even if maybe because once they became sentient, that, Mm. like, subspecies differentiation stopped. Yeah. But it could be, like, a holdover from their evolution, like, sexual selection. Yeah, that would make sense. Maybe. I I was thinking maybe it had something to do with the fact that they like fly and therefore probably get a lot of light in their eyes but i couldn't quite i'm not smart enough to to figure out how to ask google (laughs) (laughs) that question in order to get an answer to like does having blue tinted vision protect your eyes from (laughs) ultraviolet radiation well so i don't know well because like having the blue vision i feel like it would help it would be darker i'm thinking in context of diving because the deeper you go you essentially just have blue vision yeah because light attenuates pretty quickly in water and you lose like the longer wavelengths they get absorbed in the water oh is that okay so red is the longest and blues are the shortest yeah when i was reading about the color blue um Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
there was something that like definitely does not have a lot of data behind it but there are a couple cases where there's like a lot of organisms that live at the surface of the ocean okay that are blue like bright blue and part of it could be to like hide in the water but also because eh, it's like actually like it's mentioned in this paper I read, but it's mentioned as being kind of dicey that <laughs> it could protect your DNA from intense, like, blue wavelengths. So, like, UV light and stuff. Okay. Like, if you are physically blue? or Yeah. Okay. Yeah, or, like, it could also be that the structure that serves a certain function also happens to be blue. Like, there's a thought that there are some animals that are blue because they have a structure like the pigment structure has like antimicrobial properties and that's why they're blue. Okay. Because it helps them, but it also turns them blue as a side effect. <laughs> so this is anyway. less about vision and more about the color of Sephira. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I, because you were like, oh, does it protect her from UV? Yeah. That's sorry. Not- I was specifically thinking about vision, but that also. Oh, right. Okay. So Yes. Who knows? I think okay. is <laughs> who knows. Okay. I think I think the TLDR of this section is Saphir's vision has a blue tint, and none of us know enough about yeah. eyes and <laughs> optical physics to come up with like a good answer. <laughs> yeah, no. I I did find like one fun thing that I did want to. Well, I have two okay. fun things. The first fun thing there is like an a lizard that is fully blue, an animal that lives like high in the canopy. Okay, and again. It's like, they don't know, like, you can't really prove why something's blue. You know, like, you can't really ever decisively prove. But one of the hypotheses is that because they live high up, looking at them from below, the blue makes them harder to see. Mm. So it's like countershading. Yeah, it's like countershading. Okay. Against the sky, but also, like, because the light hitting the leaves, like, kind of turns them, like, a bright color. Yeah. Yeah. The sky. Yeah. Anyway. At some point, we'll certainly have to discuss why dragons can come in any color. Yeah. Because from the covers of the books, we know there's blue, red, green, and yellow. And then there was also a brown one mentioned at the beginning. Yeah. And Galbatorix's dragon is black. So it seems right. like literally any, any color. Any color at all. I guess, though, like, people come in a whole bunch of... <laughs> different colors of like skin and hair and eyes yeah, but there's like there's still a genetic <laughs> right, like yeah right you get somewhere like middle ground so yeah it would be interesting to see if there's like a teal dragon <laughs> uh-huh so right? when there's there are animals that have like bright colors that aren't always the same like because i'm me the example i'm thinking about is lobsters where they're usually oh, yeah. brown but you can get ones that come out like bright blue or bright orange or bright yellow or like white yeah. because the pigment that like makes up the coloration of a lobster is like fairly complex and made of a couple of different proteins that like code for different colors. So if you have deficiencies or overexpressions of various like protein genes, you can end up with a lobster that has like a weird color. True. But that is like they're weird colors, right? Like it's it's not typical to go out and see a bright blue lobster. It's right. reasonably unusual. So, like, yeah. if most dragons were brown, and then some of them were blue. <laughs> oh, my God. What if, holy <laughs> sh- what if the dragons are, like, all cryptic colors, and they give oh. away the eggs that are, like, bright blue or green because <laughs> they know they won't survive oh. in nature? So they're like, take these for the riders. <laughs> uh-huh. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Or maybe they're like pigeons where like, I guess this is the same thing. Like most pigeons look the same, but every once in a while you're out and about and you see one that's like a cow color. splotchy, yeah. like white and brown. And you're like, what the f***? Like, what happened here? Like, how did, you're very pretty. Like, how did you get like that? Yeah. So you're saying that the dragons were selectively bred for certain colorations when they were domesticated. And then now the wild types sometimes display them. I guess I'm more saying because the dragons are sentient and not domesticated. Mm-hmm. Something about sexual selection. <laughs> okay, <Yeah>. great. <laughs> Before we finish fully on this conversation, my last fun fact, which I assume both of you might know. Okay. Did you know that marine mammals can't see blue? I learned no. that while I was <laughs> <Yeah>. researching this. <laughs> Isn't that fun? <laughs> yeah, they have like monochromatic vision. 
I mean, sort I, of. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, like why yeah. would you need to? It's like they wouldn't really need color vision. Yeah. yeah. It's weird because it's like seals and whales, but Both. then but yeah, but then most other marine creatures still can see blue. <laughs> so. Well, yeah, isn't it like the mantis shrimp that can see like colors uh, like we can't even imagine? I think there's been some recent dispute of that, but oh, that no, was the really? uh, yeah, like they have a whole bunch of different cones. Yeah. yeah. Um. So researchers assumed that they had like a whole bunch of different colors, but I, oh. I thought I saw something recently that it was like, oops, we misinterpreted this data. Ooh, but I, I might be wrong. That. But anyways. But yes, most marine taxa can see like like blue and other colors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, UV light. So why My guess mammals? for that would be most marine mammals are like very. I guess not even most, but like a lot of marine mammals are very like orally focused, very sound focused. They don't yeah. hunt using vision. Right. Whereas like a lot of fish and like birds and reptiles are very vision dominant. So it makes sense to True. like keep as many colors as you can. And in the case of birds and reptiles to add more cones, apparently uh, pigeons have five cones. They have like a whole extra color because <laughs> yeah. pigeons... <laughs> Pigeons are buck wild. Yeah. Uh, pigeons are <laughs> like, coming up this episode. Right? Yeah. I need to get that uh, pigeon watching book. Uh, yeah. It's good, but I've I haven't read it yet. I've also thinking about it. That's why yeah. I'm it. Yeah. I kind of want to read that. But as the resident whale enthusiast on this podcast, <laughs> a lot of them are very like non-vision based. So I guess if you are only using your vision for like gross determination and not as like specific hunting or signaling... Yeah. Then you don't necessarily need color. And why would you need to see blue underwater? That would just be so annoying. <laughs> yeah. Right. Everything would be blue. Everything's blue all the time. All blue. Anyway, I'm sure more dragon eyeball stuff will come up in the future. <laughs> Saphira is still going to be blue for the whole book. So we can keep talking about it then. Yes. At least I assume so. <laughs> yeah. I super quick want to talk about the magic plant oil. Yeah. Yeah, so they find this, like, flask of corrosive oil, which only, the description says, you can dip anything into the oil and pull it out unharmed, unless it was once part of an animal or human, which is wild. That's so crazy. <laughs> so wild. Like, what? Wait. This, and also, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. If someone had, like, a metal, like, if there's a nail that goes in them at one point... Would that dissolve? What? I'm so, so glad we had the same thought, but went different ways. Because my thought was, <laughs> what if an ant had a parasitic fungus? <laughs> yeah, it's an oil that's like specifically corrosive to flesh. It's used yes. as like an assassination thing. But apparently it's like super rare and super magic. Yes. And the Razak used it to kill Garo. It sounds like they just kind of use it for everything. But yeah. They specifically call it that it's like something that's used for assassinating people because of the the flesh component. <laughs> so you can yeah. like put it on an arrow or in bed sheets and nothing happens. Yeah, I liked that part because they're like they use it for assassination as though it's like super secret because yeah. one of the examples is like dripped onto sheets so that the person will be burned. But then like one of them is like slathered on the point of a spear. Like <laughs> I think maybe the spear will kill them. <laughs> Yeah, spear's probably fine. I don't think you need the poison. Mm -hmm. the poison. But yeah, what is the delineation between something that was once part of an animal? Like skin cells and sheets? Sheets are full of skin cells. Oh, yeah. Does it burn those up? Or it's like, yeah. what if you had like um, a gold tooth? Hmm. Is that gold now considered a part of you? I would say no. Because mm. like, if, if that's a thing that's mechanically attached well, that's like something that's physically attached to you. It's not something that is biologically a part of your body. But they didn't specify biological. Yeah, like it's weird that they say like unless it was once part of an animal or human. Yeah. Like, like why not just be like unless it's something that's alive, right? Like because yeah. clearly they want to be able to say like and it's used to like ruin animal like it says like sinew so like yeah. things that are made out of animal parts yeah so, like, leather it would probably eat yeah but it's yeah it's just very weird like yeah uh, the wording is strange because like now in the <laughs> in mercedes lackey <laughs> no in the oh, kingdom okay. animalia 
Yeah. Right? Like, so yeah. in, like, uh, phylogenetically, <laughs> uh-huh. right? Like, things are grouped into animalia, the group, which, like, is everything you'd think of as an animal. But then there's and stuff a lot that's, of like... people don't think of as animals. Yeah, and a lot of things you don't <laughs> think of as animals. But, like, like sponges are in that, you know? Stuff like, you know, animals. But yeah. um, there's stuff, like, right outside animalia that's, like, you know, not quite animals yet. But it still, like, is alive and, like, eats. But it's not a plant or fungus, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is only interesting to maybe the three of us or maybe just me <laughs> but like you know what would one of those things do in it that's my oh, see, question yeah i took it the other way and did the thing where i assume when a lot of like lay people are talking about animals they mostly just mean vertebrates yeah oh right especially because you said animals or humans and it's yeah like, humans are animals humans are <laughs> yeah humans are so like I was kind of trying to decide if he means like all animals, if he means vertebrates, if he just means like mammals and dragons. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> so so I, I landed on vertebrates, but okay, I'm like who even? I'm knows? betting animal, but I don't okay. know that this will be tested within the book. <laughs> I super doubt it. Yeah, no one's gonna be like, okay, on one hand we have this insect, on the other hand we have a coanoflagellate, <laughs> and we're gonna decide which one this works on and not. <laughs> uh-huh. I also um, really like that this like super rare, super expensive assassination tool. Aragon's like, ah, but the paperwork. And Brahma's like, aha, brilliant, <laughs> it will be on the paperwork. And it's yeah. Like, or they're like extrajudicial like assassins hired by the king to like hunt down dragon riders and they just fucking went to the northern isles and got some <laughs> yeah also like because he says like ah oh, it will tell us where they live and he's like yeah, yeah. the razakar like ordering on amazon from home <laughs> like no <Yeah. laughs> it's gonna be like who ordered this it's like the fucking king the, the castle king. yeah uruban yeah. <laughs> or whatever yeah be like yeah somebody imported this and then somebody bought it and because we're like uh medieval european fantasy setting it's not like we have electronic records that are updated when it gets to like wherever it's going after somebody bought it and then peddled it away (laughs) yeah the guy wrote it in his one book in his town and that's where the shipping record is yeah might not be this town (laughs) yep at least like it's a it's a good idea yeah you know it's an interesting thought i mean what else are they gonna do right like there's great point there's a whole part in the book where uh <laughs> Bram sits and thinks for a while and then goes nope i don't have any ideas what do you want to do and Aragon's like, <laughs> I, know. I don't know safira what do you want to do and she's like i don't know you decide <laughs> it's very like no you're the main character you figure it out <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh this is your revenge quest Aragon. like you figure out what we're gonna do yeah. next <laughs> it's like, okay thanks Bram. maybe like can you teach me some tracking magic or something <laughs> yeah next chapter Bram's gonna be like i can't believe you didn't fucking use magic to track them <laughs> yeah it's like stupid yeah you, you idiot <laughs> Uh, oh, so jerk. good a nice healthy relationship that uh, yep. will make a lot of sense if Brom dies and Aragon mourns him <laughs> does that happen? I'm sure that remember. possibly won't happen No, that couldn't happen Definitely surely not. not surely not okay are we done talking about these chapters? <laughs> yeah alright so let's guess what's gonna happen next I think we've been really good at guessing so far <laughs> I mean, so hard. Yeah. These titles. So hard. We did uh, give Paolini some shit for his stupid flowery chapter titles. True. And now he has gone and started naming his chapters things like Derrit, in which they are in Derrit. So, like, that's that's nice. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, the next two chapters are called A Song for the Road and A Taste of, uh oh, Term? Term. I think it's Term. Tear, but the E is first. Yeah. <sighs> T- Hold term. on. I have the yeah, pronunciation guide pronunciation open. I'm glad guide. you're both trying to figure this out. Yeah. I literally checked it before we started recording in case this came up and I had forgotten. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> amazing. Give me a second. Tearm. Tearm. Okay. So, a song for the road and a taste of tearm. What could these be about, you guys? I think they 
either come up with a song or they encounter a bard. I really hope they encounter a bard. I, oh, love I think in the second fun. one they're gonna get to Tyrm. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> wait. Wait, what Wild. A, a tear what was the second one I called? A taste of Tyrm. Tyrm is the name of the town they mention in this chapter. P.S. Oh <laughs> <I> think <laughs> the <Oops>. coastal town. <laughs> Do you think the taste of Tyrim is Tiramisu? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, podcast is cancelled. We're done. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we're done guessing. We probably got it. (laughs) A bard and they get to (laughs) Tyrim. I hope the bard Uh joins the party. That'd be fun. fun. This needs some comedic um, relief. There's just a lot of angst. A lot of... Everyone's very dour. (laughs) Okay. Let's talk about what else we're reading. And I'll go first, which I always forget. <laughs> you always pause. <laughs> I always pause. Like, who wants to go first? It's like, it's like you, Sophie. You. The order of things is you. Yeah, I listened to an audiobook this week that I really liked. So it's called The Library of the Unwritten. Really good book. I very much up my alley. I finished it and was like, oh, that like ending didn't really impact me. But then I've also been thinking about it for three days, so I <laughs> guess it actually was really good. <laughs> Dang. And I'm mad that the second book, the library, doesn't have the audiobook. I'm really sorry oh, about it. That's so rude. Yeah, it's about a librarian in the libraries of hell, where <laughs> all the unwritten books reside. And it's great. Love a romp through all the realms of the dead. <laughs> wow. And then I've also been rereading a middle grade series that I really like, although I guess it's been moved to YA, The Enchanted Forest Chronicles. I think I shouted them out on a previous episode, but I'm reading them right now. The first one is called Dealing with Dragons, and they're very fun. Dragons. 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 I've read almost four of them in two days, so if you want a quick read, (laughs) Hannah, about dragons. Hell yeah. (laughs) That's it. much. I've read a single book today already. Yeah. <laughs> I can't say anything. The book that I read today was Beach Read by Emily Henry. And oh my God, it was the best book ever. No, not the best <laughs> book ever. But it was pretty dang good. It was really good. It made me feel a Is lot it, of It's a rom-com book? I wouldn't even call it a comedy because honestly, like, it wasn't that funny. It was just like a lot of feelings. <laughs> <laughs> like a lot of pain in both characters. Oh. I've Dang. discovered that my oddly specific trope is like two very emotionally drained people who are broken and both feel broken and unlovable finding each other and getting mm-hmm. better together. And that's what wow. this was. Wow. It's beautiful. Uh-huh. Anyways, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> you seem fine. I'm fine. Besides that, I'm also listening to the Dragon Republic, which is the second book Ooh. in the Poppy War oh, trilogy dang. by R.F. Kuang. Also full of pain and suffering. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but on a lighter note, since our last recording, I read the entire entirety of the Lunar Chronicles by Marissa Meyer because I missed out on this when it was peak 2012 uh, YA fantasy sci-fi. It's mm-hmm. fantastic. It's great. Slow start, epic finish. Big fan. Dang. Yeah. So it's been a good two weeks of reading. <laughs> <laughs> and what about the other 15 books you read? Yeah. Let's talk about that. <laughs> okay. We'll be here forever. <laughs> All right. Okay. One of the books I read in the interim that I really liked is a rom-com about two people who think they're unlovable. That's Sam recommended to me. <laughs> Which one? Boyfriend Material by Alexis Hall. Oh, yeah. Hall. I admittedly my bar is low because I don't read a lot of romance but it was definitely my like favorite romance book that I've read it's really cute and I keep thinking about it and the sequel is coming out this summer and I'm going to get it immediately yay other than that I'm currently reading another Star Wars High Republic book A Test of Courage by Justina Ireland which is a kids book but it seems to be in the in the continuity because in High Republic is just like every format of book possible is where the plot goes. So there's mm-hmm. like books of all grade levels. I think there's an audio drama. There's like a bunch of comics and I cannot for the life of me follow it. But now <laughs> I want to know how the story ends. So I have to figure out 
what happened in the middle, and I'm kind of mad about it. Dude, anyway, I was gonna say there seems to be so many of them. I don't know There's... like where to even start with them. I don't either, honestly. I, well, yeah. you start with Light of the Jedi, which is bad, unfortunately. Okay. And then there's a bunch of them. But other than that, I'm listening to finally where the Crawdads sing, because I haven't actually oh, read that yet. It's good. It's really good. Yeah, I'm like three hours into the audiobook, so not a lot of plot has happened yet, but a lot of character development and yep. character establishment, I suppose is the word I should use, is happening. And by the time this episode goes up, I will be reading Black Sun by Rebecca Roanhorse, which is our Midlight Book Club book of the month. So let us know if you're reading that along with us. We would love to hear it. If you liked this chapter of Midlight Crisis, consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. You can talk to us and find fun-related content on social media. We are at Midlight Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And all chapters of the show thus far are available on our website which is midlightpod.podbean.com and on YouTube. And some good but patently untrue advice from Brom. Nothing will go wrong if you don't panic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think things still could go wrong. (laughs) Yeah.